Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. Uh, we are in the middle of a series on the five solas of the Reformation. If you want to know what the Protestant Reformation is about, it's essentially in these five statements. Uh, scripture alone, that is the final authority, uh, rests on Scripture alone. Uh, grace alone, uh, that our salvation comes by grace alone. That uh, sola fide, uh, that our justification comes through faith alone. Uh, and then today we're working on solus Christus, that our salvation is in Christ alone. So as we introduce this uh, subject today, um, the word mediator is kind of vital to understand when we're talking about solus Christus. So when we're using the word mediator, what does that mean? Mediator really carries the idea of being a go-between, somebody that stands between two parties. And the idea is that these two parties are at odds um, with one another. And that's just really capturing the whole idea of the separation that exists between us and God because of Adam's fall um, in the garden um, created separation um, between God and and humankind. And what is necessary, and this is what um, Alan has been in referring us back to over the last several days, is the, the verse in Timothy that talks about that there is only one mediator between God and men, um, the man Christ Jesus. Um, and it goes on to say that he is the ransom um, for our sins. And the idea is that Jesus Christ then becomes the only mediator. And now I think technically Rome would would actually agree with everything that I've said. However, um, in practice, they've added other mediators along with Jesus Christ. Now they they use some fancy words and 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 create you know, verbiage that makes it seem like they still maintain only one mediator, but in essence what they've done is they've created mediators in priests, in Mary, in the saints, um, in angels, um, and so they've they've created levels of mediators um, that we don't go through Jesus Christ alone. Um, we go through the priest who then helps us by going to Christ on our behalf. Yeah, it's in practice, it's like, well, Jesus may be our only mediator between us and God, but they, in effect, create in practice mediators between us and Christ. We need the church serves a mediatorial role. Now, this is Rome. Area. This right, is Rome, the church of Rome, right. And, and whereas what the Bible teaches is that though the church provides an absolutely vital role by, by Christ's word himself, all of the, of the roles of the church are ministerial. They are servant roles. We are not mediators between people and Christ. We are ministers of Christ to point them to Christ and to assist them. But that is a vital 
uh, distinction, the distinction between mediator, one who brings us to God, and that's only Christ, and then the ministers who are assisting, pointing people to Christ, helping people, ministering to them. It's a vital distinction. Well, historically, what was taking place there, you know, the Reformers were rejecting such things as the treasury of saints, that the idea that uh, you can have, you know, there's a saint that has extra merit that can be given to you. Well, that that can't be because all of sin comes short of the glory of God. We have no extra merit, and we can't save ourselves. So there's no merit for me to save myself. There's no merit for me to give to someone. They rejected the doctrine of purgatory. In, in Christ, there's no unpaid sins. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. They rejected, it, for this reason, the sale of indulgences. Merit is not something that you can sell. It's something merit is freely reckoned to us on account of Christ. They rejected, for this reason, prayer for the dead, because the dead are in eternity already. Um, their future is already determined. You know, whether they whether they have received that gracious act of God and, and through faith, trusting in Christ alone, um, that that determines their their eternal state. So in this sense, the the reformers were coming back to the fact that Christ is the only mediator. He's the only savior, the only sacrifice. He needs no assistance. He alone mediates the blessings of redemption. He alone justifies. He alone forgives. He alone adopts us into the family of God. He alone ensures our salvation. No one else can do what Christ has already done. Mm-hmm. And without... I. To be gracious to Rome, I, I don't think they meant to make Christ a distant Savior, but that's the effect of what they were doing, that when you put all of these other steps and other people and other things between us and Christ, Christ becomes more distant. And in essence, what they were doing was undermining the doctrine of, of union with Christ. And the beauty of that doctrine is that we as his people are united to him in such a way that what's true about Jesus Christ is true about us because we are found in him. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, the rich teaching of, of, of the New Testament, that we died with Christ. We've been raised with Christ. Um, we have ascended with Christ. We're glorified in Christ. That all of these are true because of that close union that we have, inseparable union. And when you begin to say, well, no, you as a, as a human being don't actually have access to Christ because, well, you need other people, you need a priest, or you need Mary, or you need the other saints, what you're doing is, in essence, severing that union that we do actually have in Christ or at least making it so distant that you would never live out of the fullness that what you possess in Christ. Yeah. I want to quote um, something historical, and it it might make people not like me, but that's okay. People don't like me very much anyway. Um, but the 25th... Wait, wait. It's Tuesday today, right? I, I like you on Tuesdays. Tuesdays are okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the 25th chapter in the Historical Westminster Confession of Faith, um, dealing with the church. 
in now this is this is prior to the American revision of it, but it says that there is no other head of the church but the Lord Jesus Christ, nor can the Pope of Rome in any sense be the head thereof, but is that Antichrist, that man of sin and son of perdition that exalteth himself in the church against Christ and all that is called God. Now, the Puritans, when they wrote this, they weren't like saying, nanny, 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 the Pope is the Antichrist. They weren't name-calling. They were actually describing um, what the Pope was essentially doing with his role. So when the Pope says that he is the vicar of Christ, when he, when he says that he is the one man on planet Earth that stands between Christ and the church, he's usurping um, Christ's role as the one in between. So when the Puritan said that office, when you're, when you're saying you're taking that upon yourself, that's actually playing the role of Antichrist. Yeah. And um, ju- oh, no, sorry. go ahead. So I'm just, des- just describing historically what they meant by that. Yeah. You know, in John 3.14, Jesus says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And it's talking about the incident where the children of Israel had sinned, they had been grumbling against God and, and so forth again, and God sent these fiery serpents among them that were biting the people, the people were dying. And God told Moses to to put a, a symbol or a bronze serpent up on a, on a standard or a pole and to lift it up, and that whoever looked to that. And that's a picture of Christ on the cross, and that's why Jesus is bringing it up here. And the thing is, when God says, you lift that up, you lift up Christ on the cross, and you tell people to look to that, which means, on the face of it, that's something that's kind of ludicrous. You you look to this, and you're, and, and you're going to be delivered. But they it required faith in what God was saying. It required them to look away from themselves to Christ on the cross to be delivered, to be saved. Um, what the Church of Rome, in effect, was doing would be as though Moses erects the standard of Christ on the cross and then says, then puts himself or Aaron or somebody else in front of it and mm-hmm. says, no, you must look to Aaron, yeah. and then Aaron will look to Christ on the cross. Yeah. It's like that's not what that's not what Moses was called upon to do. Right. He, he's called upon to set forth Christ on the cross directly in front of them yeah. and to point them to that. So they're not to look to themselves. They're not to look to themselves looking to that. They're not to focus on their faith. It's like stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at anything else. Look to Christ on the cross. That's right. And even that idea of Christ on the cross gets at one of the 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 differences between the, the reformers and the the church of rome with regard to the work of christ that the work of christ was complete it was substitutionary penal substitution that um was was completely finished, it is finished. and and so part of the problem with rome is with the mass they were continually re-crucifying Jesus Christ as if his work was not yeah. um, done. As if he's being pieced out to them parcel by parcel by parcel rather yeah. than us having the whole Christ in the gospel yeah. uh, through faith. 
Um, you know, Ross, you mentioned one thing absolutely correct. A mediator, Jesus is the one who reconciles us to God. He brings us home to the Father. We just need to avoid one thing that we often uh, have a tendency to gravitate toward, and that is the idea that God the Father has this anger problem, you know, and Jesus is the nice one who's going to somehow get the Father to make nice rather than just kicking everybody around. We have to remember the Father is the one who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. In other words, the Father sent Jesus to bring us home to him uh, through his salvation on the cross. So God doesn't have an anger problem. The thing is we are justly under his condemnation and wrath uh, because of our sin. And the Father is the one who so loves us even though. And he sends Jesus to be the one to bring us home, to be the reconciler, to be the mediator, to be our high priest forever. Um by the power of an everlasting life. Amen. I think we just get confused on the whole idea of it takes the work of a triune God to save us. And it's really, what's it saving us from? The wrath of a triune God. Mm -hmm. The just wrath. The just wrath of a triune God. I mean, R.C. Sproul used to say, um, God saves us from himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And himself meaning God, triune God, saves us from himself the the triune god it's in revelation that talks about the wrath of the lamb so if you think about this it's the lamb of god who satisfies the wrath of the lamb of god Mm -hmm. um and so jesus himself says that the father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the son john chapter 5 jesus will be the judge on the Mm -hmm. last day yeah you know uh, paul says the same thing in Acts 17 that god has appointed a man he will judge the world in righteousness has appointed a day he will judge through this man and given proof to everyone by raising him from the dead And I, I think this is why this this one sola is so important, that we need to be found in Christ alone, mm-hmm. that we need to not look to the work of others, that we need to, as, as Alan was saying er, er, earlier, we need to look to the cross of Jesus Christ and trust in him alone. Amen. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We've hoped that you've enjoyed these broadcasts. Uh, please subscribe wherever you subscribe to your podcast at. Just type in The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.